Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. For the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, that was uh, my, my buddy Ken from uh, Device. And uh, I'm also here with my buddy Matt, uh, another homebrewer. And um, Scott. Not another there. homebrewer. Not another homebrewer. A, a once in a whileer. I'm a broadcaster. Well, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. You can tell because I'm talking. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Because your lips are moving. Right. That's how I know you're, when you're lying. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's uh, poor uh, Palmer is, uh, I don't know, he hooked up with a dirty prostitute in Baltimore or something, I heard. Now he's sick. You can just say prostitute. <laughs> we'll we'll do the dirty math. <laughs> you know, you'll assume any prostitute that Palmer... Uh, gets is a dirty prostitute. Right. You wouldn't get a clean one. No. No. Do they come any other way? Well, apparently they, yes, they come say in, Everyone in the studio is nodding they, feverishly. There's a, there's a, <laughs> there is a variety. We you know. out of that. You can, you can uh, you know, and you have your choice of uh, what you want. Dirty, clean, everything else. <laughs> and Palmer goes, Palmer goes the dirty way, I think. Um... Speaking of dirty, how about our good friend uh, John Blickman, huh? Huh? How's that for a segue? I'm sure he's thrilled. <laughs> Talking about dirty hoes, how about that John Blickman? <laughs> oh, no. John is a wonderful guy uh, and uh, does lots of amazing things with stainless and electricity and everything else. And uh, makes all sorts of goodies to uh, innovate your brew day. So uh, they've been sponsoring the show. They, they come up with lots of innovative ideas. I think the least you can do is go check them out on their website, BlickmanEngineering.com. There's a couple ends in there, a B, I don't know, some other thing. There's a .com in there, probably HTTP, colon, slash, slash. Huh? Huh? There you go. Uh, I'm sure they'll be at the, uh, at the Homebrewers Conference in San Diego this summer, having all sorts of good things. Ken, are you going to be at the uh, conference in San Diego? I'd like to. We have uh, we have a newborn at the house. Uh, I don't know if you know that, Jamel, but... Yes. Would you get a new fermenter or something? <laughs> if by that you mean a large tank to ferment beer, yes, but we also have a newborn, and that's yes. that's keeping me quite close to home. The, the kid isn't going to be newborn in June. This is going to be old-born at that point. That's, that's pretty much... It's like halfway to college. I mean, really? Kid can't take her itself at that point? I'm sure she could. Yeah, see? There you go. You're set. So you will be at the conference. Uh, more yeah, than likely. Can. Right. Well, you could say hi to uh, our good friend John Blickman. Um, Ken and I were uh, talking uh, just the other day about uh, interesting things around the brewery. Things that you don't really know you're going to have to do uh, when you start brewing. But eventually become uh, obvious or sometimes painfully obvious, either through talking to other people or just seeing things around you. And, and one of the things we were talking about was uh, pest control. Now that we've got bigger breweries, we've got bigger pest control problems. We're actually putting out traps and things like that. When I was a home brewer, um, I didn't have too much problem. How about, how about you? Did you experience anything like that? No, I didn't. Uh, we just um, kept use the, the the buckets with the I forget the name of it. It's a, there's a twist off bucket right, lid, right. the screw down lid. They yeah. use it for like dog food. Exactly. And all those. Like, they've got those. Uh, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. 
There's I forget there, for there's a clever name for them, but we use those. Yeah, we would, yeah. Do, kept, we would just we'd buy a sack of malt and then split right. it up over several buckets. Hey, bu- I looked at those too, but they were so expensive and I was so cheap that uh, what I used for my malt was um, I used a Rubbermaid thirty gallon Rubbermaid trash can. And then I'd put the uh, a, a super heavy-duty trash bag in as a liner. I'd put the sack of malt in there, and then I'd tie the uh, the trash bag shut. So I'd be able to untie it, but, you know, it kept the uh, any flying insects from being able to get to the malt. And then it also kept no rodents were ever able to get in. I thought at some point I'd find, like, a hole chewed through the bottom of the, the container. Nope. And they couldn't climb up the, the slick sides, so... I thought rodents know how to get into anything, eventually. But I, I guess <laughs> right, not. Right. Good advice. They know how to get into your offshore bank account, is that... You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or your wife. <laughs> anything, eventually. They know how to get into your wife, or your wife knows how to get into your offshore account? Which is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, so I, I did that, and I did that for, you know, the entire time I was homebrewing. I never never had a problem. So, and it was cheap. Well, the the pest control issue I ran into homebrewing was, you know, if I'd spent, you know, the entire was day. Was your neighbors coming by wanting to drink all your beer? That's a different kind of pest control, yeah. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we had that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, I, what I would find once in a while was... Um, I'd spend all day brewing, mm-hmm. and by the time you know two thirty in the afternoon came around, you know, it's one hundred and ten degrees in Sacramento, and my wife's like, "Let's get out of here, put your brewing away, and let's go to the park." Mm-hmm. And uh, so sometimes I would leave a little bit of cleanup mm. for the next day, and then you you have a cloud of fruit flies right. the next day. Just if you got like a hop bag, that was the worst, right? Mm. So I used mm-hmm. to use hop bags when I homebrewed. I don't use them anymore, but I, I'd have a bucket and it'd be full of a big bag, a big paint strainer bag of hops, and I'd just leave it there. I'd be fine overnight, no problem. Come back the next day and there's just fruit flies came from every square inch of the county. Oh, yeah. Fruit flies are, are one of the worst. And, and just the smell. I mean, if you leave uh, grain uh, overnight or for a couple of days, I mean, it just... Ugh. It oh, just yeah. reeks. It's yeah. like a dead body. That will malt for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've yeah. Got to, always got to mash it. I, I made that mistake just once. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> just like, what, what happened? Is there like a corpse or something on the side of the house? Oh, no, that's the, my grain. Yeah, you only do that once. And then you realize, well, some people do it multiple times. They just don't care that it smells like a dead body on the side of the house. Well, it, a lot of uh, – so we, we were living in a duplex um, when I was doing most of my uh, homebrewing in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and I was disposing of my grain into the community dumpster because mm. that was my garbage can. Right. And um, I can only imagine because, you know, I, th- I think they picked up every two days, mm. but, you know, if, if we timed it just right and that malt had been there for a couple of days. <laughs> right, right. Like everybody who probably went to throw their trash away was just like, oh my God, what is that? Yeah, the, the since I did not have the the wherewithal to compost my grain or feed it to any animals or anything what i ended up doing was uh i would i would bag it i'd just get a heavy duty trash bag uh after it was well drained i would uh tip it all into the into the trash bag and just tie a big knot in it and then toss that into the trash and that would because uh, they were picking up like once a week and i would you know i'd be brewing on like a Sunday, and they're picking up on a Thursday or a Friday. <laughs> There's just no way I could leave it. I hated to throw it in the, you know, in the landfill like that. But um, I was not going to, you know, let that, you know, rot and get get quite foul along with everything. And then, you know, that draws flies, and I mean, that's just miserable. And you got maggots, um, yeah, fruit flies. <clears throat> Anytime you have beer or anything, you get a lot of fruit flies. Um, you know, when you do barrel aged beers, are you doing any barrel aged beers at, at Device right now? Sours or anything? I wish we were. Um, we are. You know, we're we're expanding our space, and with that, will definitely come some whiskey barrels for my Russian Imperial Stout mm-hmm. uh, first, and then probably some you know some barrel inoculated beers. Well, I'll just have to see how the the whiskey thing goes and how I like doing that. I 
you know, I, I tend to do, you know, a little bit at a time, one thing at a time. And then mm-hmm. once I, once I feel good with that, then you know, I add something else, but um, we're thinking about it. Well, and you gotta, I mean, you gotta keep every little drop cleaned up and sometimes the barrels will ooze and then the draws fruit flies, creates fruit flies. What we've found, we've been making our own fruit fly traps. There's, you can buy them, you know, online. They've got, it's essentially a funnel into a, into a vessel. And in the, in the vessel, you've got a little bit of uh, vinegar, apple cider vinegar, a couple of drops of soap, uh, dish soap, one or two drops to kind of break the surface tension. And that's a fruit fly trap. So what, what I use is little, uh, like ball mason jars. You know, for canning and then online i found perfect little clear plastic funnels that fit just right in the top and uh so we use those for our fruit fly traps now we used to just make a funnel with uh just paper and tape that on but the funnels are a little more sturdy well, what i've done is just um i'll put the, my hoppiest beer i'll put probably like a triple ipa into a little into a little glass or a little cup of some sort and then mm-hmm. i'll put some uh, uh some you know saran wrap over the top poke a couple holes in, poke yeah. a couple mm-hmm. holes in and they'll find their way in but very few will find their way out usually they'll go in get into the beer and then they're done right right yeah that's what the the soap helps with the surface tension so the moment they touch it they get wet and and they're they're in uh, yeah, we'll we'll get a good sludge of fruit flies on the bottom. <laughs> There's just so many of them, and especially now with the weather turning nice, they're going crazy. And uh, it's it's fruit flies up the yin yang. They come out of the drains, don't they? Yeah, anywhere. Well, there's drain flies. That's a whole other thing. Let me tell you about the drain flies. I'll tell you what. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, I will tell you about drain flies right after this. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Uh, during the break, we're talking about uh, family you can't trust. <laughs> People you can't trust. Another pestilence uh, in the world. Oh, is this, it fits in with the, the pest theme? Right. The rodentia? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I won't say who you, who who you can't trust. I I don't want I don't want to burn any of your your bridges. That's probably an important bridge. I think they were burned uh, somewhere back <laughs> when in the middle of the last century. No, <laughs> Mister Zena Chef, please. <laughs> hey, I was just quoting something I heard. That's all. Yeah, I was just you know seeing if you had a reaction to it. You know, yeah, my my being, my being, butthole puckered a little bit. Being, you didn't see it though. Being. being uh, being redhead and you know all that. There you go. Uh, speaking of pests, uh, what were we talking? Oh, I was going to tell you about drain flies. All right, so there's another kind of pest called a drain fly, which actually lives off the slime and any proteinaceous gunk that are in the drains. And they're uh, a, a smaller fly, I believe, than fruit flies. A lot of times, they're mistaken for fruit flies. And the solution for drain flies is actually to put a drain treatment in. So uh, one of these uh, enzymatic uh, things like Simple Green, or there's a couple others, you just pour a a little shot down the drain on a regular basis. Uh, We started using it in our tap room uh, when they discovered that the (laughs) drains off the tap tray, you know, your tap tray at the end of the night, we, we take ours apart every day. And we scrub that out because you get protein buildup in there. And so uh, we were scrubbing that out, but the protein was building up in the lines that drain to the main drain. And so uh, we've been adding uh, the the drain treatment into that. Is your drain copper down from from the trays? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. We, we We use a vinyl tubing, and once it starts to, you know, get that mm. that film build up we just rip it off put a brand new piece on and call it a day you, you doesn't snap look off as, snap off a fresh piece we snap one off mm-hmm. and uh you know we just tie it off right there right <laughs> snap off a fresh piece and put it on your drains well we went the copper route um well, it looks nicer yeah sort of <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is you know we were going to go with the vinyl drains and then it's visible i don't yours aren't really visible um yeah i mean yeah, not, ours, not quite as visible as... Yeah, ours are smack dab front and center. There was no way to hide them, so I'm like, well, yeah, we better go ahead and use copper so we can kind of polish it up and make it look proper. Well, it's very nice. Yours is off to the side. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody's going to see yours. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go vinyl drain and snap off a fresh piece every time. We just keep ours tucked. Yeah, right. 
Um, well, I'll tell you what happened to me when I was up uh, working with the pigeons. I'll tell you that story a little later on. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we had uh, we had uh, uh, a bunch of people over for um, uh, a uh, kind of a homebrew event uh, recently, like on uh, Saturday. And they came, you know, the Quaff members came up, some Greenbelt members came, uh, Brewing Network guys came, and we all had like a homebrew collaboration brew. It's kind of cool. Uh, Danny and Eve, they, they brought uh, some some pork belly and cooked that up, and that was really good. And then we had uh, Crossroad Kitchen providing some free food and lots of beer and uh, people brewing. It was a blast. I'm just saying. Why are you staring at me? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you weren't there. Oh, well, I'm not I'm, a I'm brewer, gonna, remember? That's right. That's true. You could have come and, like, uh, you know, schlep some water or something. Help out a little bit. <laughs> just mule some ingredients back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I was in Vegas make yourself, this weekend. Make yourself useful. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, I think what makes a lot of that uh, interesting and possible is organizations like the AHA. You know, homebrew clubs like the BN, the Quaff, and... The GBA and the Doze and the uh, GCBA. G- GCBA is that what I said? Well, no, no, no G- well, GCBA. There's yeah. Green Belt and then there's Gold Country. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. And uh, the AHA and ABC, CBS, PBS, NPR, BBC, <laughs> all that stuff too, right? Yes. Okay. No, the AHA. It's a great organization. I don't know if you are familiar with it. You not being a home brewer. Uh, but there's this uh, American Homebrewers Association. Every time I ask you, I'm like, "Are you a member?" And you're like, eh, uh, 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 "I don't know." Well, I just think I, I just think if you're if you're on the Brewing Network, you should get an auto membership. <laughs> you should pay for one, you cheap bastard. Well, he is he is down with the OPP though. <laughs> exactly. Thank <laughs> right. you. Right. See, Ken gets me. Yeah. Right. You should uh, you should check out the AHA. They uh, they represent homebrewers nationwide, uh, worldwide in a way, and they. Um, uh, look out for things like uh, legislation, legislation and such, and they're putting on that great uh, conference in June in San Diego. Like I was saying, um, uh, so uh, if you get a chance, check them out. You can get uh, great things for your membership. You get like a uh, Zymergy magazine. You get a pub discount. You offer a pub discount program at your uh, your place, Ken. Well, thanks, Jamil. Now everybody's going to come in and want a discount, <laughs> right? They do now. Um, we we typically will we'll, we'll take care of them in one way or the other. You know, we don't have an official official. What usually just what snap I'll do them is, off a fresh piece. I mean, I'll let them I'll let them change out the vinyl drain. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know they feel like they're a part of the. Give them, give them a parting package of fruit flies. Or? <laughs> well, I just yeah. give them. I just I just drain the fruit fly, fly trap into a little to go cup. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. Ooh, it's com- kind of vinegary. Is this a sour beer? Oh, right, right. with chunks. I think I think this beer's turned. <laughs> yes. Well, we we provide a AHA discount. I, I tell you, it's a, it's a good organization. If you sign up through the Brewing Network uh, link, you go to thebrewingnetwork dot com, click on the AHA logo, and sign up that way. Uh, AHA gets uh, your membership. You get a great magazine, great discounts, uh, uh, stuff like the members session at the uh, Great American Beer Festival and such. And uh, the Brewing Network gets a little slice too. So uh, it's a win, win, win. As I like to say, let me add to to uh, to vote in the upcoming election for the AHA governing committee. I already did. Well, there you go. I already voted. Well, <laughs> the only vote that matters. So never mind. I, right. I rescind my advice. Polls are closed. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I voted, all the rest you can just stand down. Uh, well, all right. So we were talking about uh, pests and fruit flies and drain flies. Well, what, and, uh, you, were, you were telling us how to how do you actually w- what exactly is the the chemical you said simple green but what what are we really looking for what's the and I guess what's the active ingredient well, we're some for? sort of en- enzyme that'll break down uh, you know like drain muck and clogs could you, could you use uh, liquid plumber or Drano I suppose you could I, I mean you, you could I mean is the idea that you're not Keep you're not the drain clean that's the idea okay yeah. so it's that it's that p trap right it's because that's where they are right they're they're on right. they're on the upside of the p trap but yeah there there'll be slime they got to be upside of whatever water trap you have in the line uh, but you know they'll they'll use that they'll use slime on the water they'll use slime on the walls slime anyway if you have trench drains got to keep them things clean 
because they'll grow out of that too. So, what material do you go for for a trencher instrument? You go for the the, the poly, uh, you know, those uh, whatever they're right. called, the plastic ones. So there's there's the cast iron. There's, there's there's concrete drains, which will just erode away as your your acid eats away. Uh, there's polyester. That was what I was trying to think of. There's vinyl ester, and then you can go like stainless steel. Stainless steel is the way to go, but it's really expensive. Vinyl ester, you don't want to use polyester. The heat and the chemicals will just degrade that thing. It'll just buckle up, and and you've wasted all your money. Vinyl ester is supposed to be able to keep up with the uh, heat and uh, uh, strength of the chemicals that we use. It can so, handle caustic. It can handle acid. That's the theory. But, you know, the, the cooler you, stuff you run down there instead of super hot, you know, the, the better off you are. But uh, we used vinyl ester uh, two years in. It's not showing any signs of of releasing. But it, it was a special order. And would I'm, you say it's half the price of stainless or even, even cheaper than that? Yeah, it's a fraction of the price of stainless. It's like maybe 50% more than polyester, I think. Not, not extremely expensive. But nowhere near the stainless. Right, right. There you go. Um... Now, what about uh, <clears throat> other flying pests, flies? Oh, I recently put out traps for gypsy moths. They call them flower moths, and it's uh, they go around, and uh, if you've got grain, you've got grain dust, and these things go out, and I've been told, like, every brewery eventually has gypsy moths hanging around. So you put out these pheromone traps with some sticky glue and then you're supposed to monitor these things like once a week and count how many moths you have in there and if you have more than like one a week you got a serious problem and then you gotta like deal with it they're moths yes jeez so we're talking flying things well, you, you, when you and say they lay their like- eggs in their in your grain and then they mm. get the the little larva eating your grain Make your grain all mealy and now, do you do you do you get up and look in and inspect inside your silo? Uh, we do every once in a while. Um, and what we've taken to doing with the silo is uh, casting some freshwater uh, diatomaceous earth, uh, which will um, what it does is suck the moisture out of the waxy coating of. Uh, uh, insects and then they can no longer keep liquid inside their bodies and they desiccate and die and then we mill that oh we mill that right in yep it's protein yeah yeah a little extra protein in your in your in your beer there <laughs> uh yeah since uh, so since we got a new silo we treated that with de first and you you blow it in there and it settles in all the little cracks and crannies and then apparently the bugs are not able to get in. So you blow it blown in as a is a powdered yeah just diatomaceous earth right but, but, but you use you got to use freshwater diatoms because the salt water apparently I don't know but the freshwater is also less uh, harmful to you it's food grade they use it in all sorts of other things and it's, what would be typically what a brewery would have for a de filter mm. breweries use other kinds of de as well for filtration. That are not so good for you. We don't. Of course not. But uh, they use uh, this food grade freshwater DE and all sorts of things. In in so, what form? How does it filter? Uh, well, they have a pad, and then they it you coat it with the DE. You you take a, a, a slurry. You want to know how how to filter beer. They mix DE with water and make a slurry and then pump it through the, the pad and it sticks to the pad and blocks up the the more coarse holes of the pad to give a really fine coating. And then you pass the beer through that. Okay. And that's how they filter. So exactly like a pool filter. So is yes. that is that uh-huh. more common than just like cartridge filters? Uh, in breweries, yeah, DE filters are in plate and frame. Um, and then... Uh, there's other uh, there's so many different kinds of filters all that is kind of going away now though a lot of times breweries are getting further and further away from filtering we don't filter at all uh, but breweries are going to centrifuges 
to uh, clarify their beer. Have you thought about getting yourself a centrifuge? We have a centrifuge. Um, but it doesn't really do a whole lot of good for us because their beer is already clear. Uh, Crystal clear. And um, so running the centrifuge doesn't actually do much for us. So. So if you're able to achieve the clarity that Heretic does without filtering at all, right. why do breweries... We're getting away from pests. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'm being ahead. a pest by asking yes. these questions, so oh, it kind of okay. fits in. Why, why, why is anybody even still doing that? Clearly, the, uh, hmm. the brewing knowledge is out there to make crystal clear beer without it filters. Is, it is fast. Faster is what I was going to say. And mm-hmm. even more clear. If you want it brilliantly clear, and, you know, if you want it to look like nothing... Um, it, you can get it even clearer, like that glass of water. You know, you can get it brilliantly clear, and um, it's faster. So the the way that we do it, we take extra time. So um, if we were to filter, we could probably brew twice as fast. And since time and space are money, uh, breweries slam stuff through and do it quickly and save money that way. So, uh, last question, and then I'll let you get back to pests. The yes. DE, how long does it last before you have to replace it? Well, every every time you filter, you replace the it. New, new, okay. Right. As far as, um, you know, you mix it, it's, it's cheap. Um, you know, as far as for the silo, we just blow in a tiny little bit and just a very fine coating over the top of the malt, very fine coating all over the insides of the, of the silo, and then... Uh, you know, it all comes out in the process, and then actually makes it into the final beer. But uh, it protects the malt from insects. So you can either have insects in there, or you can have a little bit of DE in there. I think the craft beer consumer is caring less and less about the overall clarity of especially certain styles of beer. Yeah, that's. I think that's definitely true. Oh, yeah. I look at, you know, pictures of beer. I'm just like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, beer isn't clear at all anymore. <laughs> Like I still think you should try and make clear beer. But. Are you using Biofine Clear? Uh, yeah, we use Biofine S. Yeah, and we use Biofine Clear. We've mm-hmm. we've had reasonably good results with certain beers, and other beers we put it in and we go, well, that didn't do much. Right, it just depends. Yep. All right, let's take another short break, and when we come back, we'll get into more pests. Maybe we can talk like rodents and other crawly things. Pigeons too. Pigeons. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you my pigeon story right after this. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge electric mash water heater, a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A few things happened 30 years ago. 
Orphanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mesh tons. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hopped character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back we're palmerless but we're we're kenneth and 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 mattith and scottith (laughs) the most awkward part about that is my name is kenneth yes Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I know. It's not awkward. It's, it's accurate. Like, I didn't assume your parents named you Ken. I assume well, they went could be Kendall. A lot of people think it's Kendall. A lot of people think that. Really? Yeah, they do. They go, oh, well, he looks like name, a Kendall. Is your full name Kendall? Have you seen him without his pants on? He looks like a Kendall. Actually, he's a good-looking man. Yes. Yeah, you know, I think they're Very the same. Very smooth this, all over. <laughs> drives a red Corvette. You know, the same people, Ken, that think you're uh, Kendall. It's a yellow Camaro, by the way. <laughs> The same people think that uh, I'm Scott with one T. I get that all the time. Uh, is Scott, uh, is that one T or two? And I always go, who? There are no, there are no <laughs> Scots with one T. T. What maniac well, has one T? Screw that guy, if he hey, even exists. You haven't, you haven't been to the inner city recently. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> a lot of minorities, just Scott with one T. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that uh, education in the inner city uh, sometimes is not inclusive of uh, spelling of names. I, I see. Is that a bad thing for me to say? Well, we really set up Sometimes, our son. Uh, Education-wise, uh, some of our inner cities are lacking. I'd say public schools in general, but that's an entirely another show. Yes. My son's got two T's in his name. His name is Mateo. And little Mateo is two T's, which is a, a, it's a perfectly normal spelling. It's an Italian spelling versus a Spanish spelling. But um, in our thought process was, well, if he wants to be Matt, you can just drop two letters and not have to add any. There sure. you go. So he's not adding anything there, so he's not you know he's not right. tricking anybody. I uh, see. That's good thinking. Well, I vetted it out. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. You always got to have alternative for your kids. You can come up with some some wacky name. Uh, you know, other than like the the standard you know ten names. John, Mike, yeah, right. Brian. You know, you want to have some sort of a backup plan or a middle name that they can go by. You know, you have, you an, have something. They have to have an escape route. That's right. Yeah, the, I, I, me, I was screwed. I, I ain't got nothing. I'm stuck. Jay. That's right. There you go. Jay-Z. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or jizzer, as they like to say. Yes. Um, <clears throat> speaking of which, uh, have you listened to some of these other Brew Network shows? I'm telling you. They got, uh, there's Jays all over it. Yeah. Every uh, show. <laughs> every show has to have a Jay. 
you got your Sunday session, you got the J there. You got your uh, sour, you got your J there. You got your uh, Doctor Homebrew, you got your JP there. Yep. You got your uh, you got your uh, your Bruce Strong. You got uh, me and Palmer, and even on the uh, the the uh, the uh, Brewing with Style, we so, got we got two, a couple of J's. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Go. You know, Every show. Originally, Alex from uh, the Rare Barrel was going to host the show, but that, that it wasn't work. allowed. Sorry, it yeah. had to be Jay. It had to be Jay. I mean, really. That's that's the way it goes. But listen to all the shows. Lots of good stuff out there. Lots of Jays. And you know how we like Jays around here. Um, so, speaking of pests, flying pests, I was uh, up on the, the roof of the building and uh, checking out my, my chiller as I want to do every decade and uh i get up there i'm gonna add uh dye to my glycol so i can check for any leaks that might be happening right all four fans spinning well yeah, no, two of i've only ever seen two of the four spin ever 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 only two spin <laughs> out of the four i don't know why um they're like oh those will kick in when it gets really hot no they never kick in the other two just run constantly the other two just they're living slowly lallygag around the the thing they're living on the welfare system up there that's right um but what do i find when i open up the the chiller but a baby pigeon on top of my glycol tank i'm like oh dang so i have my dye i close it up and i'm thinking okay when that pigeon's old enough it'll fly away and then i'll get in there and clean this thing well time comes for me to get in there and clean this thing I take the panels off. I get up there with hot buckets of water and brushes and gloves and masks and all this stuff. And I am shoveling poo and pee from pigeons with my hands. Pee? They pee and poo in the same place. Yeah, I know, but it just like it right in the evaporate nest. like right away. No, it soaks in with the poo. Oh, God. and I'll tell you, <laughs> it is like just the nastiest goop. And I, it, it, it's like three, four inches deep. Oh I'm shoveling shit with my hands into this bag. Clean all this up. In the nest parts, there's like eggs. There's whole birds. Beaks. There's beaks. There's, there's, <laughs> eggs. there's wings. There's feathers. There's God knows every bug and, and worm that lives up a pigeon's butt is there. I mean, it's just one. <laughs> but you were you were missing Adobe right then. Oh yeah, Adobe was looking pretty attractive at that point, and it is so hot up there. the The roof is white, and so it's reflecting all the sun. I, you know, just baking me. And then we're brewing that day, and so the steam from the ducks is blowing like right at me. <laughs> oh, I'm just wilting under this this heat, and I'm I'm cleaning this thing four freaking hours. Just to remove the pee and the poo and the feathers and all that stuff. That is foul. Four hours. And then I had to go up another day and seal the whole thing off against all the other birds. It was, you know, netting and screening and plugging up this hole and that hole. Uh, I was was up there plugging holes for a while. Quite a while, I'm telling you. And then I'm up there and... I squat down to, uh, I don't know, work on something, and I hear this rip. I'm like, oh, oh, tore my pants open. So I reach back around to my backside. I'm like, you know, how big and bad is the hole? I'm like, there is no hole. Like, what, what the hell? So I look down, and what has happened? But my right testicle has burst through my pants. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm wearing my tidy whities so it's not like, you know, free-balling in the breeze. It's not like swinging to and fro, but it has it has uh, overcome the boundaries of the, uh, the, the, the blue jeans I was wearing. It escaped. You, it escaped. You breached the levee. It, it breached the levee. <laughs> it, it burst forth proudly. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, dang. I mean, 
Have you ever torn your pants that way? Have I don't know. No. Not with that result. Did you just tuck it back in? What did you do? I think I poked back in with a finger. I stood back up and I just poked it back in with a finger. Yep. And I was just like, I tried pulling the fabric back closed. I'm thinking, all right, when I go downstairs and I'm walking around, how obvious is this that I have a big hole right where my, my right nut is? And uh, nobody said a thing. Now, did you blow it on a seam, or did it actually tear the fabric? Tore the fabric. Nice. Rent, wow. Rent wow. Oh, that's, that's a badge yeah. of honor. Yeah. I, I have the strong testicle right I wish there. I wish yeah. my sack would do some damage. <laughs> it's like, a, you know, it's something to be proud of. Yeah. Well, ask, ask the wife. I'm sure she's uh, she'll, she'll probably confirm that for you. <laughs> it's it's doing damage. <laughs> Oh, no. But that was nasty. You know, what that taught me was if I had just spent a couple hours when we put the chiller in place, putting some screening up, blocking off the holes, all that stuff, I wouldn't have had to do all this. And I, so this is one of the things I've learned is any equipment you put outside, first off, scumbags will want to steal it. I can tell you for sure that that's going to happen. If they can get their hands on anything that has more than zero value, they will steal it. Even if they think, even if it has zero value, and they think it has more than zero value because they're stupid, they will steal it anyways. Yes. Like, on, your, like your car radio, which ceased <laughs> to have value somewhere around 1999, right. they will still break your window and take and, it. And take it, yes. Well, I'm... I'm looking forward to the day when somebody's stupid enough to try to steal the copper off the top of my bulk CO2 tank. <laughs> they will. Right, but that'll be a big yes. surprise. Uh, they will. It, it'll be, they'll get a hole like 50 cents. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a hole blown through their head right. when the, the tank yeah. blows through. Oh. Well, what's an eyeball when compared to some uh, scrap of copper? A L- little scrap yes. copper. Yeah, that's yeah. no, true. Right. They have another eye. I mean, you know. Right. Oh, I mean, <laughs> they absolutely will. And... If you do not block off all these entrances, you will have birds and rodents and bugs and all that shit going in there. So anything outside your building, you darn well better like block that thing off and, and put that thing under control. Well, speaking of pests, those are now we have human pests now. Oh, human pests. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, setting up cameras. There was, there was, there was some uh, people that were, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> they were, evidently they were showering <laughs> on the side of my building. <laughs> Actually showering. Well, so we have this uh, concrete slab. His brewery's in a area. lovely area, too. It's a charming yeah. street. <laughs> we, uh, we have this outdoor, I, I don't even call it a patio because that's giving you way too much credit, but it's a slab of concrete with, a, with like a, I don't know, a five-foot-tall cinder block wall around it, and that's where all the gas meters are. Uh, that's where everybody showers. My bulk CO2 tank and, uh, and a door to the back part of our brewery. And when we first moved in, there there was a, a, a faucet. Just looked just like a typical hot and cold, you know, sink faucet off the side of the building back there. And there's a floor drain back there. So I'm like, okay, well, somebody was I don't know cleaning something out back here. I thought, well, I'll keep that going. Maybe that'll be useful you know, going forward. And I never really used it. Like a stainless sink or like a bath? No, no, no. Wasn't it just the faucet? Oh, just, just picture coming a off, the off the wall with no sink. It just Got went it. right. You know, you could just clean something like if you just want. And there was a there was a floor drain. But but I it didn't take long before I realized there was empty shampoo bottles back there and and then one morning I one morning I went in there and I was like what's that hissing sound and I looked in the back and someone had just left the hot water on all night so my my electric my electric hot water heater had been working overtime for oh, I don't know that no, was twelve hours no. so a couple of a uh, couple of ball valves on the inside of the building and. Well, that pretty much ended that problem very quickly. So human humans can be pests, too. <laughs> Even non-homeless ones. Like, it happens here at the Hop Grenades, where I go into the... the bathing the, in the bathroom? The men's, well, not, not bathing, not yet, at least, but that people leave sinks just on. Yes. You know, I'm wondering I've, what, what's I've that... I've had that happen, too. And what's that about? I mean, is it like... You're, Beyond, like... They're out of all it. All night long, yeah. And they're so, just so, out of it. So they're just... They're, they're walking out of Heretic, high-fiving each other, going, wow, we really got them. No, no, I don't think it's intentional. I think they're just, they're, they're just out of it. Like, oh. They don't know what town they're in. People sleepwalk through life. Oh, so it's an unintentional faucet. I think I'm trying to just give them the benefit of that. I think so. Either that or they're malicious. But what does uh, that, who does that really hurt? It hurts, it hurts California the, aqueducts? Yeah, I, I don't say, know. It hurts the environment. Yeah. They're not, they're not hurting Jamil. <sighs> Very little hurts me. Yeah, I could even <laughs> pop a nut through a pair of pants and that doesn't even hurt me. It's not even just, denim can hold back. <laughs> hold back the turgid, turgidness of my love. 
Did, All right. Did you know, going back to the pigeon thing for a minute, did you yeah. know at the time in the beginning, like, well, I, I probably that. should bro- block off my pants so my nut to No. <laughs> I should probably block these things off. But I don't have time because I have a million other things no, to do. No, it didn't even dawn on me. Didn't even dawn on me. And so now I look at everything outside as a potential, you know, safe haven rodent of the sky problem. <laughs> the seagull. Yeah, the seagulls and pigeons. Pigeons, yes. Yeah. All right. Let's take a short break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll wrap up right after this. Now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream. and the finest selection of home-brewing goods for the future. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Attention, home brewers! If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com. That's homebrewlabelawards.com. Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. Bevo, please, we're on the air. We can't, you know, this is a professional uh, outfit here. Just Unbelievable. I'll cut it out in post. <laughs> yeah, well, you can leave it in. It's all right. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh... Have you had any other pest issues uh, there, Ken? Yeah. Um, mice trying to get into the grain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how are you controlling that? Um, well, we've, we started with uh, uh, poison, little poison boxes. It's a little box. You put a little, it almost looks like uh, baklava, <laughs> a little baklava poison square. And so you, you leave that in. on your kitchen counter? Yep. Here, like, and yeah. the, my three-year-old. What's Is this? that baklava? Baklava, Daddy. No, I'm not sure. It's one or the other. Give it a try. And, you know, the, the, the little mice go through the the little box and they eat inside there and they move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to have helped. We're moving to sticky traps next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing we do is, you know, our, we don't have a silo. 
Mm-hmm. So we get uh, pallets of base malt, and it's on the pallet. There's there's a big sheet of cardboard on the bottom, mm-hmm. and then they they stack them. I think it's five per layer, and they stack them eight layers high, and then they sh- you know, they strength wrap it. So mm-hmm. the mice don't get into those because they don't want to have to work that hard. They go for the specialty malt because mm. the specialty malt typically is you know partial bags, mm-hmm. you know sacks sitting there on a pallet, mm-hmm. and they climb right up on the pallet and they chew through one of the bags. And you're like, oh mm. son of a. So we've we've taken to only keeping base malt on the ground level, and then all our specialty malts go up on the on the pallet racks up mm-hmm, high, mm-hmm. and that seems to have really reduced any sort of evidence of mm. of, of mice. And we we haven't found any you know big rats or anything, but but the, the mice we find are very small, almost like feeder mice, like what you feed no, a tiny snake, ones, yeah. yeah, tiny little guys, brown usually. Yep, little mm-hmm. brown, tiny little mice, little field field mice, field yeah. mice, yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, I for the longest time I haven't had any evidence of, of rodents at the at the brewery or at my home, um, because I'll put out those uh, protect uh, big black plastic things, and you put the the blocks, the blue green blocks on the on the wires, so they can't pull it out of the the thing. And I'll surround the building with it. And I did that, you know, the minute I got there, and so pretty much killed off. Every rodent uh, around the building before we started brewing, and then uh, I backed off of that, and then I went to the um, tin cat sticky traps. It's a peanut butter scented sticky board that you drop in there. And you get them pretty cheap from the Victor uh, website, and uh, they had like a Christmas special on too. Would you believe it? <laughs> and they're from like really cheap. And you buy a couple of cases of those, and then you lay those out along the walls everywhere. And uh, just once a month, you go in and change those those sticky boards. Uh, just this week, I actually had one of those little brown mice in there. That's the first one we've gotten since then. And then you know, lots of crickets and potato bugs or Jerusalem beetles or whatever the hell they call them. So I was... Um closing up the tap room one night it was very very late and uh <clears throat> so there's really almost nobody left in the tap room and i was talking with uh with a guy and fortunately i knew him well he wasn't you know, he wasn't uh, i hadn't met him for the first time it was somebody i'd, I'd seen many times I, and i knew pretty well and, and he was sitting there and we have these barrels they're wine barrels and we've had custom tabletops built into them and so they're kind of cool they have these circular tabletops and well anyway we had um a brand new uh tabletops on some brand new barrels we had just gotten Mm -hmm. and well (laughs) evidently this wine barrel had been sitting in you know some winery yard you know somewhere for for a fair amount of time and i think it came out of napa and i'm talking to him and he's he's sitting there enjoying his beer and i look down and i see this black widow Emerge, <laughs> emerge from the, the the bunghole in in the barrel, and start crawling up towards him, right? And and in you know you're it, like, look over there, smack. Like, seriously, and well, I didn't even honestly, I didn't even warn him. I was I was sitting on my bar. Mm-hmm. We have that low, right? We have the the, the accessible height bar. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of leaning up against it. And I jumped off there and did like a front kick onto <laughs> the barrel, nailed it, right. And just as he's picking up his glass off the barrel, and I kicked the thing, I mean, he scared the absolute piss out of the guy. And he's like, what the hell? And I, I pointed at him, he sees the dead black wood. He goes, oh, <laughs> thank you. I actually go around uh, the perimeter of my house during the, the warm months here. They're, they're, they're really prevalent. And I go around with my uh, iPhone flashlight thing, mm-hmm. like if I get home from like a hockey game late at night, and I will just go around the perimeter. Take pictures of them? For, yeah. yeah, for my scrapbook, exactly. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. no, that, but there, I mean, I will generally, if I do it about once a week, I will find two or three around the perimeter, basically without exception. Widows? Yeah. Yeah, those things are nasty, and they're yeah, around, man. so look out for them, and they're out at night. We have a ton of them up, at, up around our, at the Pope Estate, but uh, I just leave them. Really? Yeah. I haven't had a problem with them. Well, not yet. They don't it, t- it only takes once. They don't tend to come indoors. Really? Yeah, and they, uh, I mean, and there's some big ones, too. Uh, some big, big juicy ones. But, uh, yeah, they tend to, you know, they they got their webs in this, and they pretty much just hang out wherever they hang out. And then 
I don't barehanded pick up like stick my hands under some wood or right. piles of stuff like that, and I've never run into a problem. Well, see, the, I worried when I had small kids. Well, exactly, or, or like your yeah. dog maybe will be sniffing something. That's yeah, what worries me. You know, hey. You know, Generally, way spiders I leave alone almost without exception. Because, yeah. yeah, spiders, they just hang Beneficial. out in the corner and yeah. they eat flies. Yeah. But widows, I just, you know, it only takes one sure. bite on your dog's nose, you know. Yeah. It's, un- it's really unlikely. I-, I will give you that. Yeah. And you haven't had a problem yet. Yeah. But <laughs> In 50-some-odd years, right. yeah, I've not had a problem. Well, on the Earth's uh, timeline, you, never uh, know. you know, by the universe's timeline, that's you not You live not another much. two, three hundred years, you could have a problem. Exactly. That's right. When I get older and slower, that could, that could be happening. All right. Uh, another tip I want to give to people is uh, I put my specialty malt in those plastic one-gallon jars that more beer t- has. And they put honey in and stuff like that. Perfect for that. Seal that up. Your specialty malt's good and tight. Just keep everything tight and dry. That's some solid advice right there. Snap yourself off fresh piece. Keep everything tight and dry. <laughs> and you'll be good. So, another fine episode of Brew Strong. Brought to you without John Palmer, who was sick from some hookers in Baltimore. That's the story I got anyway, so I'm sticking to it. Uh, if you enjoy listening to Bruce Strong, uh, I would suggest checking out our fine sponsor, Blickman, Blickman Engineering. Check out the AHA. Check out the other Brewing Network shows. Uh, all brought to you by thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, goodies in the store. Shirts, hats, glassware. Uh, various... Uh, Idols of uh, various gods, uh, cutlery. Um, what else do they have there? Shampoo. They, they got it all. Brewing Network store. It's like it's kind of like the Amazon of the beer podcast stores. I would say There's nothing you can't find. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, we're, we're, just, we're working on a drone delivery too. Drone just delivery. Like Amazon, yeah. Right. And for for them, it's like. Uh, they that kind of droning. Yeah, we do drone on not, a lot over not, here. Not we? like a fly. Yeah, that's what thing. I meant. Yeah, uh, we'll get it to you. Yeah, we'll get it to you. All right. Uh, good show, everybody. Thanks for for participating, Ken. Man, yeah, my Scott. pleasure. And uh, stay tuned. We'll do another one. Till then, Bruce Strong, everybody. <laughs>